0: Hit uh, uh, record, because I'm totally ready When you hit fucking record I almost pop my cup over here What?
1: Got some ice cold vodka What? Gonna pour it in a cup
0: Alright, here we go
1: Gonna get some lemonade What? Pour it in a cup
0: What? What'd you pour in there? Oh, that's the lemonade Yeah, vodka and lemonade. What? That's what Christopher's drinking tonight
1: mm. Oh
0: man, let's taste Ooh, I can use more vodka <laughs> I was gonna say that's a lot of lemonade to vodka. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be one of those podcasts. It's, oh yeah, it's, it's a Friday night. We're both. I got a little. I got a little Woodford Reserve because I was feeling fancy as fuck. So I'm gonna drink with my pinky up, um, and we're gonna try
1: this again. I got Tito's and Walmart brand lemonade. Let's go, Charlie. You look very.
0: You look very dapper. Sure. No, I'm paying, I'm paying you a compliment. I'm saying Thank you look you. very dapper. I mean it. I have no reason to say that to you. If I didn't mean it, I just wouldn't say anything. That's that's the difference.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my uh my tooth was doing good the last two days. Now it's starting to be a little sore again. So I'm like, what the fuck? So the bad part is, is like I fucked up and I kept missing like two of my um uh, medication. Like during the day, I keep forgetting to fucking take them when I'm at work, and I keep forgetting when I get home. So amateurly i i I double dose today so i'm fucking i up i up double upped it so i i'm I'm hopefully it'll fucking kick back in and and finish off this thing my jaw is completely not swollen anymore doesn't hurt anymore it's not tender anymore
0: yeah no it's good it's listen you look like (laughs) Denzel washington the man with the most symmetrical face in hollywood uh that's 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 (laughs) Uh, also uh i just know that i want everybody to know that this podcast is officially at least for the last couple of weeks called um austin and the infections if we were a band because dalton's nose is like leaking green shit from when he got pierced because he doesn't know how to clean his shit And he's down there with, like, I'm sure it's full, like, that little hole in his nose is full of cat
1: fur. There was, like, a scab, right? And And I ripped it out. And now I can move. I think I stretched my nose piercing because I can, like, move it around. There's, like, space in between the metal and my nose.
0: Yeah, well, mine still hurts like fuck, but it hurts less and less each day.
1: Oh, I've been drinking.
0: I can fuck with it all. Yeah. It just feels like I got punched in the nose. You know, like, when you hit your nose and my eyes immediately start watering... Yeah, I gotta be careful, because
1: I've, like, forgot it was there and rubbed my nose and be like, ah. <laughs> Victoria did that earlier. She was, like, her other nose ring got in the way, and she got her septum pierced right before Austin, and she went to, like, fuck with her nose ring, and then she hit her septum ring back so because she forgot it was there, and she was yep. like, ah, fuck, and I was so like, her, what? Her, her still hurts, then. Yes.
0: Yeah. It says... I mean, the internets, which I didn't consult before I did this stupid thing that I like, but stupid thing was like, oh, yeah, it's going to fucking it'll heal in three to four months, but it's going to hurt for at least three weeks. And I'm like, great. I really just didn't plan on any of that shit. But now Charlie's going to pierce his nipples and that's going to be on the recording. I I think I'm going (laughs) to
2: I'm going to follow the family tradition because my dad pierced his nipple uh, way back when he like got divorced. I fucking
0: love that
2: i like, ah, you know, problem. like he doesn't have it anymore because <laughs> no. he had to take it out because of shit. But like, I'm always like, I don't know. I I, I get my nipple pierced. I think okay. I could do that.
0: I'm, I'm just going to put this out now. I want I want all of us not on the same episode because it's be a <laughs> fucking disaster. I want our each of us to bring a parent or a a family member on an older family member on the show. Right, so Charlie, your dad, that would be interesting. Your grandma, oh, probably better.
2: <laughs> yeah, my grandma or my aunt, would or your be aunt. Way better. No,
0: that's who I want to talk to is your aunt. Okay, Dalton, your papa. I will bring. I will bring. I both. Say it like that. What's his name? Uh, papa. Papa. That's what I said. Yeah, your
1: papa. It sounds like papa. It's, it's just like, papa. <laughs> yes, yes, because you're
0: so fucking French over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going, what it sounds like you're saying. He's yeah. like. Bring you papa.
0: You just think I'm a you just think I'm a Yankee asshole because I live in New York, and you're projecting all your thoughts on me. That's okay. I can live with that. I didn't say papa. listen, listen, daughter. We are going to bring on your papa, the no. And then I will, in separate recordings, because I don't want them to, on the same uh, podcast. I will uh, bring on my 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 dad who is like the redneck version of the big Lebowski. And he won't know how any of this works, but he'll do it. He will, as long as we don't talk about vaccines, he'll be cool. And then I I really want to do an episode with my mom because she's a realtor and she thinks that like Zillow sucks. And I think it's a scam too. So, and she keeps asking, like, she didn't forget it. I mentioned it once, months and months and months ago. And now she's like, when am I going to be in that podcast? (laughs) so then we will be the the number of southerners will even out on this on this podcast
2: <laughs> i have icy hot all over my neck and my back you know that's we um, i'm not going to say that that's like veering <laughs> into my professional
0: life <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so well this is a makeup podcast, and I'm going to be totally transparent with what happened. Yeah. We had the podcast from hell. We've never done this. <laughs> We've never recorded a forbidden episode, and it's only forbidden because it was so bad. We won't
1: record. We <laughs> won't record it. <laughs> you bring up my papa. Now you bring up part. Deux. Yeah, it's <laughs> a <laughs> <deux, the> disaster. <laughs> Uh
0: yeah, so we recorded a podcast that an episode, this episode that turned out to be a fucking trash heap full of shitty baby diapers on fire. Um, and and then my humble opinion, and so we're gonna try it again. And right, can we explain what happened with that? Yeah, well, yeah, that was gonna crazy. Get, get, stay closer to your mic. I can't hear myself now because my fucking mic don't work. I know, but you guys close like a fist. Remember a fist. You're going to be a fist no. between you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, God, so, <laughs> that,
0: that's going on Patreon. You fucking deviant. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah. uh, like,
1: okay, so Victoria had a work emergency, right? Wait, she... wait little,
0: little off, little off. You're a little too close.
1: Which one do you want? Right, right there. there, that's perfect. Do you that's want me to deep dethrone or do you just want me to get the tip? No, just the tip. So Victoria had nope, a work emergency.
0: Nope. Yeah, the tip in a little bit of the of the where the foreskin used to be, because
1: this is a fully cut podcast. Victoria had a work emergency, right? And so I was left with Harlan, which wasn't that big of a deal, right? And then my cat wanted in the room, and they were being really annoying. So I let my cats in the room. And so Austin is trying to get through the story. And I'm looking at Harlan like every five minutes like, Shh, hey, shut the fuck up. Be quiet. What are you doing? and so we're doing that like and we're about two hours in this podcast we're not even close to being finished and guess who shows up my fucking grandparents show up and i have to go out there and explain to them sorry i'm doing this podcast and they're like what's a podcast i'm like don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile i just want
0: you to know and i don't you won't look listen back to it because it's going to be buried in a hole in the middle of the mojave desert um, and I'll fly out to do it myself. But uh, while you were gone, dealing with your dealing with your your grandparents, your m- loved grandparents, we love your grandparents. We stand them on this podcast. But your cats got very curious about what wasn't going on on the desk, and so Charlie and I were entertained by one of the cats getting on camera and like sniffing around the keyboard and messing with the microphone. And it was, I mean, we were very happy that that was the the only highlight to the entire day. Um, other than recording Dalt tales and laughing our asses ab- off about a Chris Farley reference while you were in the other room,
1: <laughs> so I listened I listen to it back and I had no idea what you are talking about. <laughs> of course not. Of course you have see not seen any fucking Don't. movies. <laughs>
0: um. So yeah. So no, we saw the cats and they were they were very much on camera. I have to find the. I'll find the. I'll send the video down. We'll edit it down and we can put the cats on like exploring what the camera was uh, on the Patreon because we have a Patreon now and we need to yeah. talk about that.
1: Hell yeah, we do. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash if you catch my grift. Uh, the subs are $5 and if you are feeling generous, if you're feeling like Mr. Bernie himself, <laughs> you can sub to our $100 chair, which is completely a joke, by the way. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. actually, please don't sub to that because I will feel very guilty and I'll feel like I, I owe you a hand job or something like really that's okay, a dedication. That
1: so would benefit it to the $100 tier. No, Austin gives no, whoever not. donates nope. a hand nope. job. No, nope. no. Nope. No, nope. yep. that's yep. not there. Yep.
0: Nope. We're, gonna, we're 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 uh, listen, I'm going to refer to <laughs> Nipples on that one. Uh <laughs> I'm not going to call you Charlie Nipples ever again just this one time. <laughs> that's it. I'm done oh, done. It's out of my system. I just had to do it once.
2: Uh, well, uh, there's the name change. <laughs> Charlie (laughs) Nipples.
0: And you have to listen to the show to realize what happened. All the IWTV guide fans would be like, what the fuck just happened?
1: (laughs) 20J Golden, Marcy,
2: and Jayhawk. It is
1: Charlie Charlie Nipples. Nipples.
2: go through some changes when I was just home office and not recording. (laughs) Give him a squeeze
1: if you love him. It's Charlie (laughs)
3: Nipples.
1: (laughs) Back to Patreon. We have uploaded our first episode of Dalt Tales on Patreon. It is a game show where Charlie Butters hosts See, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's the (laughs) best part of it. (laughs) So Charlie Butters is the host and the way the game works is I give a hint about a story and Austin, we figure out if Austin knows me as well as he thinks he does, because I leave the room after I give the hint. And then Austin tries to guess how the story unfolds. After he's done with his guests, they text me. I come back in the room and I tell my story. And we get to find out if Austin is right. Yes.
0: That's and I gotta say I'm a little annoyed from the last episode. I'm not gonna say why. But I'm going to say, when you called me today, as I was sitting in traffic, I was on the Brooklyn Bridge going home from work, and you called me today, and I knew exactly, you started telling your story, and I was like, I know exactly what you're about to tell me. But then really? when we played Doll Tales, I was like, I think I know what it is, and, and, I, and I might have been incorrect. Um, and so I'm annoyed that like when we're not recording, I got you fucking nailed. <laughs> but when we are i i struggle a little bit more and i hate that and i don't like i, I just it's not good well, we're
1: only one episode in. you yeah, have multiple times to redeem yourself it'll be i okay. hope so
0: i can't wait to get to the joker episode
1: well if we if thank you according to plan maybe sunday i don't know I got we'll we'll uh we'll give you another chance at a story
0: I'm just gonna. I'm gonna preface this episode before we announce what the name of the show is. <clears throat> uh, that I am. I've had one of the longest weeks I can remember. I'm extremely tired. I'm a little punchy, and I've had some bourbon. Uh, so yeah. So let's let's just let's just fucking jump into this. Dalton, hit us up.
1: No. Wait if you catch my grip. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> Try that again. Well, if you catch my grip. we're a podcast about con men. Uh, Like fucking scammers and shit? I don't know. Hold on. Let me uh, get my composure. Let me get it one more time. Third time is The Charm. We are If You Catch My Grift. We're a podcast about grifters, con men, charlatans, and fuck. We're If You Catch My Grift. (laughs) (laughs) I am so drunk. We're If You Catch My Grift. We're a podcast about God, fuck. We're If You Catch My Grift. We're a podcast about con men, charlatans, and grifters
0: you're listening to if you catch my grift we are a podcast about scammers con artists
2: uh,
0: charlatans and, and i am one of your hosts my name is the newly septum pierced grift daddy uh austin and i am here with my co-host the uh white trash heartthrob
1: it's me it's Dalton hey hey guys how are y'all
0: he's still just as trashy and just as throbby and our (laughs) producer and editor extraordinaire the, the 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 third man that makes all of this happen Mr. Charlie Nipples (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man a little different flavored uh, flavor to open this episode
0: you know <laughs> Why,
1: I, I, I wrote a, a really it's just
0: a, just a little uh so i'd i'd written this really terrible line because i wasn't sure that charlie was going to be able to join <laughs> us i was going to say here in spirit uh, is Charlie Butters and speaking of spirits, the I, ghost
1: of Charlie Butters returns. Almost. No, I, no, you
0: ran over my line. I was going to say, speaking Damn. of spirits, I've got a big old glass of bourbon. Now let's fucking record. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this, this podcast
2: is gonna be fun yes austin <laughs> is is so good at this opening Dalton, i think you retired from it it's got to be austin from now on <laughs> I, just no! ben- I just benched Dalt tales <laughs> yep damn um
0: damn, damn son I'm the, I'm where'd you find this i am now the host of multiple podcasts so <laughs> that's you know that's 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 what you get so i know That off, I'm not. You don't have to play dumb on this, Dalton. I know you You know a little bit about Napoleon Hill. Dude, I remember fucking nothing. Yes, but you were looking up video clips of him to do a hype video. And what was your first impression of this guy? This dude is fucking nuts. (laughs) (laughs) He is so. I will say he is a bullshit artist extraordinaire, Mm -hmm. and, and uses nothing but jibber jabber to sell this like get rich weird platform that unfortunately the Mercury a has... retrograde crowd would love him yeah and i <laughs> yeah and i and i actually think and i don't want to go to the end of the podcast now but i think that like he writes stuff that's so wacky and so incomprehensible that people who want to sound smart pretend like they understand what he's talking about right that, that's that's it's like, like i'm 14 and this is deep material (laughs) like here's a bunch of words that i'm going to string together but i'm going to sound really fucking confident about them and people are going to be like yeah that guy knows what he's talking about and it's like you know what dissect what he's talking about tell me what he's talking about and they're like (laughs) but you got to read it yourself man i can't deliver this message and that just makes me want to take a baseball bat and bash their brains out (laughs) so we're talking about oliver napoleon
1: hill this motherfucker let's go that's right I, don't ever let me get this drunk on a podcast yeah i couldn't do the intro i did it
0: that's fine we're good i'm but i mean really, yeah yeah
1: i know you did it but I'm, I'm really i'm really tired
0: and i'm liquored up let's fucking go <laughs> <laughs> all right so here we go
1: you ready yeah
0: you ready yeah your your cheeks clenched
1: oh it's clenched as i can get them baby
0: yeah i don't believe that they need to be able to crush a walnut let's go <laughs> uh <laughs> in 1908 Oliver Napoleon Hill would have the meaning that would forever change his life. He was granted a one-on-one interview with Andrew Carnegie at the time. Andrew Carnegie was the wealthiest and most successful businessman in the world. Now. So during this meeting, uh, Carnegie laid out the secrets to his success in a series of 17 principles of achievement. Nearing the end of his life, he determined that it was time for him to share his secrets with the world and that hill napoleon hill was the was hand selected as the messenger right so this guy's like i've made all the money in the world i want everybody to make that kind of money uh so <laughs> so Carnegie this is gonna be uh, we're, we're, we're gonna see where this episode goes um so this guy this 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 joker gets an interview with Carnegie um Carnegie gives him these secrets but it wasn't just Carnegie who this guy Napoleon Hill would claim to um interview he ended up like Carnegie said, hey, man, I'm going to give you letters of introductions to all these other successful like thinkers and business people, and you're going to go interview them. And then I want you to take all of this knowledge and put it together and release a self-fucking-help book so everybody can get rich <laughs> because... That's how capitalism works, right? If everybody has all the money in the world, then everything is okay. And money means nothing. This is the the most dog shit, brain dead, stupid fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) And (laughs) Napoleon Hill would claim to interview uh, Henry Ford, right? Nazi supporter and founder of Ford Motor Company. Also, under
1: the uh, five-day work week, by the way. Yeah, Thank and
0: 40-hour for work week, bitch. which is good. But but I mean, for the time, it was good. He was also the very first soy boy. He was, like, obsessed with soy. It's fucking weird. He hated really? cows. What? Yeah, we'll talk about him Wait, someday. was he a vegan? No, he wasn't a vegan, but he didn't like beef. He didn't like cows. He didn't like milk. He didn't like anything that came from a cow. He had suits mm. made of soy. He was a soy boy. He was obsessed with soy. Interesting. Okay. And Nazis. And Nazis. Oh, oh. Hey, bad. Yeah, bad. so fuck that guy. <laughs> interesting but bad uh he he has interviewed william wrigley jr of like wrigley gum and wrigley field He um, interviewed George Eastman, who founded Eastman Kodak. Kodak, you know, the the cameras when those were a thing before iPhones. Uh, Wilbur Wright, one of the white Wright brothers who did, you know, flying and things. Um, Theodore Roosevelt. (laughs) Who did flying and things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John D. Rockefeller, the second richest man in the world, who uh, never quite overtook him. Uh, Thomas Edison, who, I guess, invented a lot of things, but not quite electricity. Um Frank uh, Woolworth, who it was founded Woolworths department store, like the first penny store. You don't oh, know, on J what C that? Pennies? No. Woolworths. You never heard of Woolworths? You live down no. south.
2: How do that you was know that? Definitely before his time, and I remember Woolworths. Yeah, but Woolworth's they were, was like a,
0: the first department store, really. The, the, only, the, the only department stores my, that like my, my mall area. has
2: is like Belks and J C
1: Pennies. That's it. Belk's? What's that? Belks. B E L K Belks. Belks.
0: I don't know what that is.
1: It's like a department
0: store. It's a bootleg ass motherfucking cousin fucking department store. No, like, like
1: they said, like they fucking like there's like a bit like it's like like it's like that department store that's in the movies, right? Where you're like you're trying to dodge the perfume salesman that's trying to spray shit on you and they are like oh, uh, uh, gotta get no, through this section. I just
0: I just looked it up. It was started by William and Betty Belts. They were cousins and they were married. It's a cousin fucking department store. Are you serious? Did you really no, look that no, up? No, I didn't oh. look that up at all <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not <laughs> <Continue>. sorry. Uh, <laughs> Clarence Darrow who's in this like crazy famous um uh, attorney, not um attorney, he was an attorney. William Howard Taft who is one of my favorite presidents not from a policy standpoint but because he was a he was the fattest president we've ever had so we 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 love a size king and he was so fat that they had to order him a custom bathtub for the white house cuz he couldn't fit really? in a regular white house yes but more than that after he was president he was he was named the chief justice of the supreme court interesting so he's the only president to not only be on the supreme court but also be the chief justice of the supreme court and he looked like a fucking walrus and i stan him
1: okay Well, this is a pro william uh, taft podcast yeah fucking william
0: howard taft man big boy jimmy
1: carter guy myself but okay (laughs) well that's just because
0: you're you know this peanut farmer georgia i get it i like i'm there with you didn't start (laughs) any international wars
2: i could tie this into wrestling a little bit in um old wrestling they use uh taft as a um presidential figure and he um there was like a vote at the last uh, big show the extravaganza <laughs> and you either voted for this other guy or you voted for taft and i have a i voted for taft uh pin now amazing yeah if we go to that show we're like, you were there, Dalton. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when
0: Charlie has to assure Dalton that he was at a show.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, dude, I have like, listen, I've been hitting the head a lot, and I've done a lot of drugs. My short-term memory is fucked, okay? I don't remember anything from that show, but I do remember the presidential election
2: yep
0: i just i'm gonna show you real quick what taft looked like this is this is my dude this is like my one of my one of my icons my fashion icons oh that's a hefty
1: boy (laughs) yeah
0: he was look at him as a supreme court justice they were like let's get some bed sheets and wrap that around yeah i love it i fucking love it man when that dude says like bomb a country and, and he like slams his fist down on the desk
1: you listen when he says bomb a country, he means drop him from an airplane. It will just level the whole. <laughs> that's a, that's a fat joke. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Come on, it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs>
0: um, and also uh, to add to the mix, because we've not totally gone off base, um, Alexander Graham Bell. What he do?
1: Fucking nothing. He's a fraud. What? Oh, oh. please explain yourself. <laughs> Show your work. He invented the telephone, quote unquote. He
0: patented. He was the first to patent the telephone. I wouldn't say invented it, but he also founded AT&T. Oh, oh, what a joy. Yeah, right? (laughs) What a good day.
1: So, um,
0: in 19...
2: what does AT&T stand for?
1: American Top Team. (laughs)
2: continue Austin (laughs) okay we look Uh, forward to Dominic
1: Greeny being on our podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so he had this first interview in 1908 in 1937 he was satisfied Napoleon Hill sorry was satisfied with the materials that he had gathered and he sat down to pen what would cement his legacy as the godfather of success using big fucking air quotes and the name of that book was think and grow rich and when you hear that Dalton,
1: what do, you, what do you what do you think? Kevin Trudeau have a flashback to earlier podcasts. Yeah.
0: It's definitely Trudeau. It's a little bit of Joel Osteen. Uh, I I would say Osteen was probably um probably inspired by this fucking guy. So there's okay. a little bit of that.
1: Well, I'm like, glad he brought such positivity into the world.
0: Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness people aren't suffering as a result of this terrible, terrible book. <laughs> right. Um So this is this is a book that would go on to inspire a ton of future grifter, get rich authors and influencers, which include uh, Tony Robbins, like the the self-help guru. Uh, It also includes uh, Robert uh, Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who we are definitely going to do an episode because that dude is so full of shit Um, and tons of like. It's funny. Every time I look up like a crypto bro, crypto bro on YouTube, they always talk about thinking grow rich or taking like their inspired readings So he's he's still got a huge influence today. That is interesting.
1: Yeah. They, Speaking they love- of crypto bros, I saw a tweet on Twitter earlier today that reminded me of you. It was exactly something we covered on this podcast when we went to, when we covered the NFTs and. uh the nfts jesus christ i'm getting old the nfts, oh, I, saw, their NFTs. I saw it on the facebook <laughs> but uh you went over how it was uh a lot of celebrities that are endorsing it are all uh like in the same like management agency right right or camera right, right. agency whatever right. it's called and i saw a tweet that went over it like madonna like joined the whole nft phase and she's uh managed by caa yep same and- same group and like, I instantly had a call back to you. And I was like, God damn it. Austin told me. Austin was right. Austin was right. I was wrong.
0: I warned you, and it's happening. I was really disappointed today to see that Bill Murray is doing an NFT. That made me really sad.
2: Uh, Zombie Land, right?
0: Yeah. And also Ghostbusters, which you literally watched with oh, Charlie it? and yeah, me yeah, when yeah, you were in yeah, New yeah, York. Yeah.
2: <laughs> ghostbusters stripes yeah lots uh, of good stuff but i mean we watched ghostbusters
0: together the three of us (laughs) this is true we did so this this book that he wrote right napoleon Hill. we're getting back on topic because we always leave topic too quick uh it it was huge like estimates some estimates have it selling over 30 million copies worldwide so this is a dude big fucking book right and so i want to talk a little bit about this guy's story and why we haven't heard more about napoleon hill right if he's got this book that is that has that has sold over 30 million copies and this guy is like this master of success why haven't we heard more about the guy himself right right like that that feels like i mean you know jk rowling is a turf and a big and an asshole And we've heard of her because she sold a lot of books. This guy sold a lot of books. We've never heard anything about him. So it's a little complicated, but it turns out Napoleon Hill wasn't nearly as good at following his own advice as he was dishing it out. And I want to lead off with this from the New York Times. This is
1: where I can connect with Napoleon Hill. I'm also great at giving advice. But boy, am I a fuck up! Yeah,
0: I I think that's that's me too. I will own that. I will say I can like objectively give people decent advice on their own shit, but when it comes to mine, I'm a hot fucking mess. But I'm not making down a
1: path of self destruction. Oh yeah,
0: (laughs) I'm. But I'm not. I'm not going to make excuses for this asshole because he sucks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck him. Um. So this this New York Times piece says. He was born in 1883 as Oliver Napoleon Hill in the uplands of Wise County, Virginia, to a family that represented, he said, three generations of, quote, ignorance, illiteracy, and poverty. But, in fact, Hill's grandfather was a printer. His father became a self-taught dentist and treated his neighbors until the state licensing authorities got wind of his activities. He then enrolled in dental school, and at the age of 40, went on to practice legally. And I, I need I, to I, find one of the self-taught dentist. I ain't got no dental insurance. I got I was two rotting away. I was going to say, like, I'm a little offended when they're, like, at the age of 40 because I'm 40. But I also thought, <laughs> you know, in that time, you only live till you're 50. So I get it. Oh, yeah, so was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, he was, like,
1: a senior citizen
0: because everything killed you then. Dude,
1: you're good. My papa is 85. And, dude, he's still, he's still fucking kicking, man. Like, he, like, he's got a while. <laughs> before coming,
0: he goes <laughs> coming soon to doll tales oh uh, yeah uh dalton's papa papa. Um, <laughs> now i forgot where it was um <laughs> hill's stepmother the widow of a school principal uh civilized the wild child napoleon making him go to school and attend church she also bought him a typewriter and with it he wrote up news items for rural newspapers Thus emerged talent for writing that he would later apply to exhorting Americans to get rich. So right off the bat, his whole origin story is bullshit,
1: right? Wait, so the whole thing's fake. Well, him saying that he
0: grew up from three generations of ignorance, illiteracy, and poverty. Like your fucking dad is a dentist that went to school. So he's a fucking class traitor. That's what he is. Well, he's a class traitor and he's a liar. (laughs) and and we're gonna see a lot of that (laughs) don't you fake being poor i was a poor yeah like i'm a real poor i'm poorer than you were it's like a race to the bottom in this weird way that i'm not uncomfortable with like i'm I'm not comfortable with because i'm like if you okay i just i don't understand it i don't get it it's like if you're actually poor you're not going to go around boasting it like it's a badge of honor right oh i do
1: I, I 100% do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay most, <laughs> most non-daltons don't go around walk talking about it it's like it's just a thing it's like a thing you do it's a thing you live with and work through
1: anyway he's a smart kid so well, now, got, all right hold on hold on hold on i came off bad in that now that i'm living comfortably I I will tell anyone that I came from like dirt poor upbringings, But like now, you know, I've like worked at a job for a while and I have like a moderately comfortable income and you know, whatever. I'm trying to just Charlie, don't worry about that part. Just edit it out. It's fine. <laughs> Leave it in. Uh
0: so he seems like a smart kid. He graduated high school uh early and he started working for a coal mining company because he lived in coal mining um, part uh, a coal mining part of Virginia at 17. He is quickly promoted to a mine manager because he witnesses another mine manager shoot and kill a black bellhop <laughs> at a local hotel. But he this decides
1: snitch ass motherfucker.
0: It's the opposite of that because he doesn't snitch. And oh, he doesn't really? Get, yeah. And the mine operator gets in no trouble because he helps cover up
1: this murder. All right. So it was like, was it like a racist type thing? Or was I think it-, it was
0: the mine manager was really fucking drunk and shot the guy. And because he was black and these white mine workers covered it up, no one gave a shit.
1: Well, it goes down to like that theory of like the less dead, right? Especially back in like the early 1900s where this is taking place. If you're black, if you're gay, if you're LGBT, if you're a sex worker, any of the above the police are probably not going to look that hard into your desk.
0: And when you have someone that's from this reputable company and they're like, well, I didn't see anything. I don't know what happened, but yeah. So as a result of him keeping his mouth shut, he gets promoted to mine manager at the age of 17, which is way too young to be running a mine in Virginia in the early 1900s. And honestly,
1: in that case, maybe you should have snitched. Maybe maybe you should have said
0: something. Well, I think, I think it says a lot about his morality. At this point. yeah. Um, so he quits this job. He goes into law school. He finds law school too tough. It's too hard. He drops out after a year. But later in life, it, that would not prevent him from calling himself an attorney. So, and you can just do that. <laughs> yeah. Like Who's going to go? There's no Google. There's no Internet. There's no computers. None of this exists. So it's like you do it and you have to really do a lot of research in order to Find out if this guy's an actual attorney. No one gives a shit. No one's going to do that. Uh, That's and so, wild. So you
1: could just like say that
0: yeah. <laughs> people would. In the same way that like people still claim to be doctors, even though they are technically doctors, but they're definitely not doctors in the field that they're talking about. Today. They're not an MD. Right. Right. Like when you have, and oh God, I'm going to get shit on this, but I don't give a fuck. When you have like chiropractors talking about like infectious diseases, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point, right? Yeah. That is
1: very fair. Yeah.
0: Or when you have, uh, yeah, it's like it, you, okay. I understand you're a doctor because you went to school, but you're not a doctor of infectious medicines. Like you have no business talking about this. If you're talking about cracking people's spines, okay, I'll Mm -hmm. defer to your knowledge,
1: but anything outside of that, shut the fuck up. uh so I'll, just hold on i just want to say i love sassy austin like we <laughs> <laughs> we have to do more late night podcast he leaves law school and he gets
0: into lumber industry right he eventually relocates to mobile alabama which is not mississippi because fuck mississippi and he partners I up fuck with in, alabama yeah i can fuck with alabama selma Let's go. Uh, Birmingham.
1: Fuck with you.
0: Yeah. Birmingham. I got a lot of family in Birmingham, believe it or not. Uh, They, they used to raise Tennessee walking horses in my family in Birmingham. Yep. Anyway, he relocates to mobile. He partners up with a guy who's well known in the lumber industry and starts basically taking out lines of credit for lumber and buying lumber from all these other companies around the country and then reselling them below cost for cash. So the guy is taking out loans, making cash off of the sales, and not paying it back, right? <laughs> and his partner at the time is well-known figure in Mobile, a well-known figure in the lumber industry. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa get me the fuck out of here. He sells his part of the business out, runs out, and he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. And he'll does this for as long as he can before all these other lumber firms are like, this dude's ripping us off. The police right. come in, the authorities come in, they shut the operation down and Napoleon goes on the run and he's got all this cash. Lord knows what he does with it. But he, this is the same year that he says he met with Andrew Carnegie. So this is kind of like putting him in his place in the timeline.
1: Okay. So wait, hold on. <laughs> in the same year that he's ripping off his lumber companies, he meets for the rich, one of the richest guys in the world, no, the richest guy in the world. The Okay. The richest guy. That doesn't sound like it should add up.
0: No, <laughs> no. He's literally on the lamb from all of the authorities when he decides to meet with Andrew Carnegie. <laughs> and this is like, this is what it is. He's like, he takes, he he buys $20,000 worth of lumber from a, a, a different mill in Florida, brings it, has it imported to mobile, sells it to an Alabama, another Alabama lumber mill for $15,000 in cash, never pays it back, puts the cash in his pocket. That's the business. And so he moves from this into a school. He decides I'm going to start a school. He changes his name. He drops the Oliver from his name. And now he emerges as Napoleon Hill. And he's like, Hey, it's 1910. The automobile is like a new thing. Let's go and take advantage of this and start something new. And so he starts the Automotive College of Washington in Washington, D.C. So he's he's run from Mobile, Alabama to Washington, D.C. And it, the, the whole promise is like, hey, this is a new field. You can land a high-paying job. You can be a mechanic. You can be a chauffeur. You can be a car salesman. But come to my school. I'll give you a diploma, and you'll make a shitload of money. In reality, the school was nothing more than... a a scheme for hill to collect tuition while providing free labor to the carter motor company so what Mm. he did he he was like hey i'm gonna team up with this car company and i'm gonna say hey listen you know what i'm gonna give you a deal my students will build all of your cars for free but you pay (laughs) me and then at the same time his students were paying him you know what? I got to give it to him. That's a pretty good scheme, right? It's not a terrible scheme, except you're using slave labor. Oh, well, uh, yeah, of course. There's that, there's that part. But I'm just
1: saying on his part, it's right. not that it's not like, dumb.
0: Morality aside, it's a smart <laughs> idea, but he's right. a fucking con man. And this is the guy who's going to inspire Tony Robbins and Rich Dad, Poor Dad into inspiring people on how to make their money. Right. Free labor. That's how you make money. When yeah. Yeah. No
1: fucking shit. You should make your money through slave labor. That's all yeah, I got to do. I
0: know. Here's a really easy way to make money: use slave labor, use free labor. <laughs> Actually, have your employees pay you for the benefit of being your laborers. That's how you make money. Yeah. No fucking shit. Every single person who pays laborers today would love to not pay them, and they would make a lot more money. Anyway, uh, Carter Motors ended up going bankrupt in 1912. So did the school, and so then. Oh so you're telling me slave labor didn't quite work out for them didn't work out all that like this this company was so bad and so dumb that they couldn't actually profit off of slave labor not the school but the the car company This is just. This tells you a lot. We're
1: not going to go deep into that. Well, well, Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get a little bit deep into Carter Motors. Turns out that two engines per car might not be a smart idea. Right.
0: So, (laughs) Carter Motor Car Company. Their whole idea was we're going to put two motors in every car. Right. Because this is the early days of the automobile. They don't. There's not a lot of people that are around to repair a car. So the thinking was, if you're on the road and one of your engines breaks down you'll have another one and you can get to get to the you know the next repair man repair like garage situation it also doubled the horsepower of the car right the the model T at the time was about 20 horsepower the the carter cars were about 40 horsepower right not Ready a wrong. crazy idea but also a very expensive idea and part <laughs> of it was that the carter cars cost around which is equal today to about $65,000. Whereas a model T was $825. So 2,250 versus 825. Like that's a huge difference. Carter went out of business and because of Hill's like marriage to this, to this company, they, their, his school went out of business too. Right. Like even if you have free labor, If you're not getting paid to to have your students assemble anything, it's not going to matter. So while he was running the school, he met and married his wife, Florence Elizabeth Horner, who was a woman from a very well-established and well-off family. And this is going to be important because going forward, her family are going to be the primary funders of, funders, not finders, funders of Hill's various schemes. So he is very much like marrying up He's marrying a wealthy family. Uh, her uncle was the governor of West Virginia Ooh, in that time. Okay. I, I want to say in that time where only the richest people in the state become the governors. But let's be honest, that hasn't changed all that much. Oh, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of where where she's at. And so she, he is able to, I don't know how he does it, but he somehow tricks this woman into using all of her family money to fund
1: his fucking stupid ideas well it goes back to like we just did an episode on tenders funner right all of these con men are really good at like persuading people to give money to their ideas
0: Yep. yep yep
1: and so after the school
0: collapses he moves to west virginia with her family right and he lives there and he gets a legit job he works for a gas company and that lasts less than a year before he gets the itch to go out and scam people on his own because he's a fucking asshole, yeah, an asshole, and fucking scammers are going to scam. And I don't give a shit that he's got a ton of followers. This might actually be the episode we get sued for, right? The Phelps. Is, oh no! Oh yeah, no! <laughs> or at least some shit, because the Phelpses are cowards, and fuck them. And no,
1: I got so much enjoyment out of the Phelps. <laughs> I know you did,
0: but they're they're never going to do it because they know that if they sued a little podcast like us, they were we'd get more attention than they would, right? These yeah. weirdo devotees who call this guy like he they 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 think he's like some sort of prophet. These are the weirdos that might sue us. I'm that's my out of everybody we've done, this is the one that might come for us. And you know what?
1: Well, good yes. thing we have a Patreon now. We can pay for it at patreon.com slash if you catch my grift. You're, you your You're out of your mind if you think our Patreon could pay for the lawsuit <laughs> these fuckers are gonna <laughs> bring on us. Well, motherfuckers, you better fucking sub up so we don't get sued into <laughs>
0: bankruptcy. <laughs> hey, come sue me for my rental uh apartment. <laughs> <laughs> go sue go sue sue Dalton for his double wide, it's fine. <laughs> Bring it on. Look, the
1: bad I, part is you're not wrong
0: no i know and we don't have a goddamn thing that we own not the three of us <laughs> charlie is no part of this podcast charlie is an innocent party he, all he is is our producer do not go
1: after charlie nipples charlie is a third of this podcast He's a valued member of our team don't you. do not let them.
0: <laughs> Charlie, I just want you to know you know who your real friends are. That's all.
1: <laughs> no, I'm telling you, he's valued. He's a valued member of our team. He is the third cog in the yeah, machine. That you makes, just said you Sue Charlie
0: drift. too. That's what you just said. You said Sue Charlie too.
1: You're goddamn right because he's part of the team.
0: <laughs> I was trying to get him out of it because I, I would feel bad if Charlie got looped. You remade in all that. the
1: logo and made Charlie
0: in the logo. He's part of our team. Yeah, but you and I deserve it. Charlie doesn't. <laughs> that's He's the true. host of our patreon podcast yeah but that's 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 bonus material these assholes are not going to subscribe to our patreon just to subscribe to us. our
1: patreon bonus assholes patreon.com right. slash if you catch right <laughs> my grift
0: so <laughs> i don't even know how to pick this up anymore so uh, uh, hill he uses his wife's family's contacts and he gets a job as an advertising instructor at lasalle extension university in chicago again he uh only lasted less than a year he just wasn't happy having a real job he can't hold a real job this motherfucker cannot work a nine to five to save his life no i can't no not at all and so (laughs) he decides he quits and he decides to set up his own school which is called the george washington institute of advertising and this again questionable it's 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 very questionable he uh it's a correspondence school uh, they could also the students turns out could also invest in the school he had <laughs> no. went ahead and, and, and valued the school as worth a hundred thousand dollars and he divided that up into ten thousand shares at a valuation of ten dollars per share right so hill would own 51 percent and then you could go in and buy in for all the rest of the 49 percent the illinois attorney general caught wise so this is pretty quick <laughs> did an audit and said your actu- your school is actually not worth $100,000 it's worth 12-
1: <laughs> twelve. who is the auditor to say that it's not worth $100,000 <laughs> if like, I thought this cup of vodka and lemonade was worth $100 who is anybody else to say that it's not worth $100 if you're trying to sell shares legitimately
0: to that cup you might run into some regulatory issues. <laughs> However, if it was that cup was an NFT, then you could do whatever the fuck you wanted. So, hmm. like, Napoleon Hill would totally be an NFT if he was live today. There's no doubt in my mind. Well,
1: there's no, there's, there's a reason why the their birds are so into them, right? Yeah, exactly. Because they're like, this guy we'll walks so we could run. <laughs>
0: But anyway, they found out they were like, this is one room with a desk and a printing press. It's worth $1,200, not $100,000 to shut him down. They also found out that he was issuing his own student loans for this for 5% interest rate. And just, I don't know what student loans were from an interest rate at that time, but today they're from 1% to 2%, not 5%. So he was making bank a lot of different ways. By issuing student loans to his own school. Yeah, that's that's insane. That seems a little <laughs> shady.
1: <nuts>. Anyway, <laughs> a lot um, of shady.
0: He from here, he uh claims that he teamed up with the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. He was a unpaid advisor, <laughs> by the way. At this point is off life, the books. Of course right. he's off the books. Right. He is he is almost penniless he is very very poor and he refuses money to be because he's a patriot to be wait a, hold on hold
1: on he refuses the money yeah. he's he like, says, listen okay. listen listen i'm too good to take this money from the fucking white house he's okay? a patriot <laughs> 1776 you won't pay me a fucking dime <laughs> fuck you and your new world <laughs>
0: I do not recognize this as valid currency. It's not backed by the gold standard. (laughs) Yes, that's what he does. He said he's too big a patriot. He won't accept any money, but he will be Woodrow Wilson's advisor during World War 1. Charlie, we've lost him. He's he's gone. He's dead. He died.
1: Charlie was doing that thing that he's doing in the logo that we yeah. have for the Yeah, he's one fucking Because uh. that's why I
0: did the logo that way because he often puts his hand over his face when
1: you're talking and just shakes his when head. when I'm talking. Yes. Mother, he's doing that when you were talking too. Wait, no, no Charlie, Charlie, put your fucking head up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for like to refuse money from the president of the United States—that's right. ridiculous. Yeah. To claim that is ridiculous, and nobody would fucking do that. No,
0: but he did. That's what he did.
1: That's no, what he but did. he did. According to his
0: his official, like one of his friendly vi- biographies, because there's a lot of friendly stuff and there's a lot of unfriendly stuff. It says <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When <laughs> when the U.S. entered World War One, he wrote to president woodrow wilson he being hill uh offering new services hill had interviewed him years earlier as part of the carnegie research project when wilson was president of princeton university wilson took him up on the offer putting hill uh to work on a series of propaganda materials so he claims that he also in terms in addition to propaganda he he also helped Wilson write the armistice that would lead to Germany's surrender in World War One, And that he was president with, or he was, I'm sorry, try that again. He <laughs> claims that he was present with President Wilson the day that Germany finally surrendered. However, according to Hill's own writing later on, he was actually out celebrating the end of the war. And this is a quote. That was Armistice Day, as everyone knows. Like most other people, I became as drunk with enthusiasm and joy that day as any man ever did on wine. I was practically penniless. He admits it. But I was happy to know that the slaughter was over and that reason about to spread its beneficial wings over the earth once more. So this fucking clown can't even keep his story straight. He's like, hey. I was with Woodrow Wilson. And then again, he was like, Hey, I was just really excited the war was over.
1: Yeah, but you don't work. Hold on. You don't work for the fucking government and not take a fucking paycheck. That's the part that's escaping me. Well, if
0: you don't want a paper trail where people can call you a liar, you do. Yeah, but that's the reason I think he's a fucking liar. Right. No, it's exactly the reason he's a liar. (laughs) Because it's like he's a penniless guy by his own admission. And he's not, paying a pay- he's not taking a paycheck because he doesn't want any sort of paper trail that'll go back to him that is like, hey, you actually weren't a White House advisor. You were this bum who is making shit up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he went on to promote unlicensed stock schemes on behalf of another known grifter, and oil man named SCJ Cox and his wife, Nellie by writing in quotes an interesting man and his wife who have made 100 or I'm sorry not 100 he made 1 million dollars for other people in one of his self-published magazines for this hill was paid $5000 a year or today's equivalent of $82000
1: that's a lot of money boy
0: yeah yeah so he's he's like anybody who will give him money to do shit except for the u.s government allegedly he will do he doesn't care he has no morals he will do anything for money He's
1: such a goddamn patriot right (laughs) he won't take money from the government but he'll take money from anybody else yeah
0: absolutely that's that's what a patriot does (laughs) <laughs>
1: um so I,
0: I i actually want to introduce another character and i think this is the guy that's the most fascinating in this story to me
3: Hold um,
1: on, all right we said at the beginning of the episode that this is a redo right mm-hmm. of everything we did. uh sorry this is a redo of everything we did a few days ago right this is the part where i have no clue what's going on this is <laughs> this is where that we left off a few days ago when we had the podcast from hell right yeah this is it so, so going doing- forward I have no idea what's going on.
0: <laughs> and before this, he didn't actually remember, but he thinks he did. No, no, no. I'm I'm really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this is another character in our story. Probably that out. That's okay. Don't do it. Uh, this is a, this is one of my favorite characters in this. So, we're going to talk about the guy who is out there today defending the legacy of Napoleon Hill. And this is his grandson his name is jb hill james b hill dr james b hill and he is a keyboard fucking warrior where is he
1: from that sounds like a southern name boy That's... i think he's
0: i think he's southern i don't actually know i haven't looked a lot into him okay an, so he's... uh
1: not to get off track a little bit but uh my mom kind of clued me in on what my dad wanted to name me when i was younger i don't for the podcast i don't really know my dad that well Right. <laughs> I just know like I had a few memories when I was younger, but like he's been in and out of prison a little bit, so don't really know him that well. My mom told me when I was younger that my dad had two name choices, right? There was one was Buck Harris. He wanted to name me Buck. That's a good name. That's not a good name. I like that. And then he wanna name me Ed Earl just for the purpose of calling me double E. Ed <laughs> e- Ed Harris. Earl. Ed Earl. Just started to call me Double E. Double E. I like it. Then my mom was like, fuck that. Her name on Dalton Blaine. <laughs> DB. Yep, that's it. She, dude, she called me DB Harris. See? Listen, I'm AA. I'm Double A, brother. <laughs> You're Orrin <Just>, Anderson. <laughs> just like your favorite wrestler.
2: <laughs>
0: You're <laughs> Orrin. Who, you, who you've never seen a match from. Dude, no, I watch War
2: Games. I've seen Arn Anderson. <laughs> uh, he's A-double. Uh, Dalton's favorite wrestler, Austin Aries.
1: No, uh, no, 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 Nathan no, no, no. no! Not that <laughs> motherfucker. No, no. Oh, God. Edit that out.
2: Ed, edit that out for sure.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. You got me to say a slur. This is the first slur I've ever said on the podcast.
0: <laughs> so this old ass man loves defending his grandfather. And anytime there's like a story that paints his grandpa <laughs> and Napoleon in a bad light, he's jumping in the comments section. To be fair to JB, you do right? the same thing.
1: I would for sure do the same thing. But your grandfather's not a con man. No, he's not. And but he not. has a sordid past. Yes, but
0: here's the difference is that JB Hill is like his whole life path has been I am like my grandfather I'm a motivational speaker this is my legacy and okay. so his whole job is defending his grandfather
1: Oh okay that's yeah that's not what I chose for a career
0: <laughs> right you're not like your legacy is not I don't know what your your grandpa did when he was working and if you follow well, well when
1: his, he was working he was like the manager of like a ammo, ammo manufacturer so yeah so you didn't follow yeah.
0: His, you didn't follow his his footsteps anyway JB Hill jumps onto the, the message board and he says per the Cox story, Napoleon Hill was contracted to advertise the Cox business offerings. Cox provided Hill with the information, but Napoleon had no idea that the information he used to advertise was fraudulent. Hill was called to testify against Cox, but he himself was never even charged. Right. Rational, reasonable bullshit. <laughs> um, and I have the proof here. According to the FTC complaint, and this is also in quotes respondent Napoleon Hill was served neither with the complaint or any process or notices because he could not be found. Okay. This, <laughs> where does this motherfucker go to eye? this fucking asshole? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, he'd ramble around a lot. He's got a bunch of schemes. I think I've established enough mm-hmm. of his like fucking schemes. I'm not going to talk about them anymore because it's boring. He stole a lot of money from a lot of people that weren't expecting it. Whatever. Finally, he, he's an asshole He's a grifter. Can we agree on that right here? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about any of his other business practices. I think we've done that. I think we've gone through them. I think that we have established that this guy's a grifter. So in 1928, he is able to convince a publisher to publish his stupid fucking book. 1928 decides to publish. 1976. No, 1776. (laughs) You got that wrong too. Uh, What a disaster. I'm so sorry, Charlie. Um, 1928, Hill manages to find himself a publisher that will put out his eight volume opus, which is called Law of Success. Eight different books. You buy them separately. You don't buy them together. It was a... (laughs) That that
1: in itself is the grip, by the
0: way. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. He is like the original J.K. Rowling minus the transphobia.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Are you <laughs> saying this guy that we're covering right now is oh sorry is better than JK Rowling? Uh, yes,
0: 100%. <laughs> yes. He talked about magic in that like if you believe in magic, money will come to you. I don't think that that's that much different than Harry Potter being a wizard. Wingardium
1: mean, Leviosa. You have right. all of your <laughs> money. Cash
0: Wingardium Leviosa. It just flies to you if you think hard enough about it. Um you could leave all of that in Charlie fuck JK Rowling. Oh yeah, fuck that. <laughs> uh so 1928, eight volumes. Um he sells a lot of them because you know what? When you buy one volume, you're probably going to buy the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth, right? Like that's that Hill and the order of the phoenix. We're just in here, boy. <laughs> this is like the Twilight series for grifters. Uh and and he does well. He ends up um, going crazy in terms of his spending. He buys a Rolls Royce. He buys a six hundred acres in upstate New York in this giant fucking house. Wow! Look yeah. at this guy balling yeah, out like here. He's he's like, hey, let's do it. And then the Great Depression hits, and people stop buying get rich quicks. Books. Oh no. <laughs> It also doesn't help that this book is the equivalent. Day of $500 for all Dude, eight you volumes. know what I should
1: ask when we record Dog Tales. Mm. My papa was born in 1938, right? Yep, I should ask him if he knows who Nat Pill is. He, yeah, he, maybe he
0: might. Hmm. Interesting. 37 was think and grow yeah, rich. The episode
1: of Dog Tales featuring my papa. Subscribe to the Patreon, slash if you catch my grift to figure out if my papa knows who Nat Pill is. <laughs>
0: So he uh, almost immediately hits a brick wall. He spent too much money. The the you know, depression is here. He his house is foreclosed on. He loses the car. The 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 book sales go to almost zero and it's done. It's it's over with. He tries to reclaim some sort of what he lost and he published the the book called The Magic Ladder of Success in 1930, but it was a fucking dud. After after he goes belly up during the depression, he he does a bunch of like weird grifts, and I'm going to read a little bit from a Gizmodo article titled The Untold Story of Napoleon Hill, the Greatest self-help scammer, Self-Help scammer of All Time. And it says, Hill spent the early part of the 1930s devising different magazines and constantly seeking investors. In New York, he started Inspiration Magazine under a new company he called the International Success Society. It lasted two issues before he moved to Washington, D.C., and started the international publishing company... I'm sorry, International Publishing Corporation of America, a company that's that set up yet again to sell unlicensed stock.
1: All the while, he,
0: yeah, <laughs> he just can't a,
1: help himself. No, he can't. He just himself. can't stop.
0: All the while, Hill was jumping from city to city—Philadelphia, Baltimore, among others—to seek investors on all kinds of dummy corporations and stock selling schemes. Schemes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> once he made Washington, Look at Charlie. This, I know. He's done. Uh, (laughs) Once he made Washington his home base, he turned the International Success Society into the International Success University, a correspondence course that, yet again, was little more than a way to extract gobs of money from people around the country. Enter Franklin Delano Roosevelt. (gasps) Polio president. Yes, polio president. (laughs) Hill would claim it's true it's not it's not that see. well he did have polio he was in a wheelchair yeah yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, yeah yeah uh hill would claim that fdr needed some help figuring out how to make his new deal work and so he brought in hill regardless of Hill's politics <laughs> were like the polar opposite of what fdr's politics were hill was like an arch conservative but hill credits himself with designing the messaging system that would essentially sell the idea of the New Deal to the country, so you know the New Deal was a success because of, I mean, yeah, because of Napoleon Hill.
1: Really? Is this true? or Is this like no? No, no, this is fucking true. It's all bullshit. okay. Okay, I was about to say. Uh, well, the New Deal was like a good thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. He, he'll also claim to have written a bunch of uh fdr's fireside chats which were the radio broadcasts. but he's he, full of shit there right yeah exactly <laughs> he also claims to have written the line we have nothing to fear but fear
1: itself mm. which is also that's bullshit. how i know that's how you know <laughs> that's how you know
0: right like you if you aim small you might be able to get away with it but when you say i'm gonna take credit for the biggest line you've ever had as a politician you lose all of your credibility (laughs) you should but these people like tony robbins they think it's legit and they love this guy
1: yeah but you can't help yourself right whenever you have an ego that big i guess i don't know it's wild i
0: don't get it it's like this guy is so like maybe it's just because he's so bold and he's like no one would actually claim this shit unless it was real
1: um I guess, but, yes, like, but you, like, I would assume that the presidents have always had writers, right? Everybody yeah. like praises, may get in trouble with this, but everybody praises Obama, right? For how well spoken he was. but, but he, had, he had writers. Yeah, everybody he had writers. Every
0: president has a writer. But I think that's what Hill's claiming to be is one of the writers.
1: <laughs> I don't Which know. I just don't see him as reaching that high.
0: Also, there's not a single shred of evidence that he was ever paid by the united states government for being a writer (laughs) because he's too much of a patriot (laughs) right and slash the guy who wrote about like being a success and everything he did never decided not to take a paycheck while he was dirt fucking poor (laughs) this guy is a grifter and a con man and so full of shit the fact that he sold any books is shocking to me but that's me uh there's no evidence that any of this happened it's all bullshit that's what it is. In 1935, his wife, Florence, finally reached her breaking point point. filed for a divorce.
1: She was tired. Good of, for her. Yeah. Round of applause for Lauren. Uh, Florence. Hey. <laughs> Florence, not Lauren. Uh, Flor- oh, fuck. Round of applause for Florence.
0: So she- Florence had, had enough of his bullshit. He only came home basically when he had money. And so he was always on the road. And she's like, fuck this. I hate this guy. Let's get him <laughs> out of here. <laughs> So he kept the lecture circuit uh, billing himself as a trusted aide and confident to FDR, right? Like that's his new selling point, even though it's absolute bullshit, but just, why not market that? Um, yeah, go for it. it. <laughs> and it was at one of his uh, speaking engagements that he would meet and become immediately smitten with one Rosalie Beeland. She was apparently quite stunning. And he said that she was, he, in his words was that she was like very sexy, Um, and she was also 23 years as a junior he was putty in her hands from the very beginning like she knew what was up she's like i got this old man who's in love with me i'm gonna take advantage of him he decided that he wanted to get married to her but he agreed to sign all of his publishing rights over to her as what a condition of the doing? marriage. <laughs> Dude, no, don't
1: do that.
0: Yep. I mean, and, and, but like, to be real, it didn't mean much to Hill at the time because his two books had been flops really. Like they weren't selling anything at the time. So he's like, what the fuck? She can have these two books. I don't give a damn. doesn't matter. They got married and Hill began working on the book that would become his greatest achievement. Think and grow rich. Okay. So, Rosalie, the new wife, 23 years, his junior, turns out to be invaluable in the writing of this book. Unlike any of his previous wives, she was his research partner, helped him stay organized, typed out every single page of every draft of the manuscript, made edits, suggested better ways to streamline the book. Like, she was probably the reason this was successful. Um, I cannot underplay how much of a part of this book Rosalie was. So just keep that in mind. The book caught fire very quickly. And once again, Napoleon found himself living a very opulent lifestyle, cashing those royalty checks as quick as he got them. And I was planning on going like step-by-step through this book, but I also think that like, that's just a big waste of time and it might be boring. I want to hit just a couple of things about this book. Basically, it sums... Or like boils down to, if you think a thing hard enough, and if you set mental goals for yourself and think them all the time, they will come true. Dalton, has that ever worked for you? Fuck no. Okay, so <laughs> you're clearly doing it wrong. You should buy this book and read it. The it other thing, is like the promise, it, it no the secret. The secret, yeah, it sounds yes, like the secret, and that's exactly what this fucking book's off like that's exactly the kind of bullshit this thing so it, it, it like i would if i had to boil it down to three points i would say think things hard enough and they will come true the other part is go to college and major in something and get become a specialist in it and then get a job and then field I mean, he doesn't say that specifically but that's what he refers to which is like the dumbest fucking bit of self-help excuse your advice you can possibly get The third part of it is surround yourself with people who know what they're doing and you will be successful. And I just want to go to that. The last two, I just want to go, well, no shit. Those are the most obvious things in the world. And for the fact that like people treat this guy as some sort of profit, some sort of like business profit makes my head hurt. And I I just, I don't even, I I can't even stress. And so I want to really quickly play a clip of him talking just so you know, how much bullshit this fucking dude speaks when he i mean it's it's just like all gobbledygook it, there's nothing about anything that he says that's actually real and interesting and 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 like worth listening to you ready let's go
4: We come now to the second of the 17 principles which lead to the Master Key with which you may open the door to the attainment of your definite major purpose in life. Uh, This principle of success is called the Master Mind Principle. I want you to understand the nature of the Master Mind Principle because you must use it before you can take possession of the Master Key. An understandable definition of the Master Mind is this. It consists of two or more people who work in perfect harmony for the attainment of a definite purpose. Now, here are some interesting facts about the mastermind which uh, give you an idea of how important it is and how necessary that you embrace this principle and make use of it in attaining success in your chosen occupation. First of all, It is the principle through which you may borrow and use the education, the experience, the influence, and perhaps the capital of other people in carrying out your own plans in life. It is the principle through which you can accomplish in one year more than you could accomplish without it in a lifetime if you depended entirely upon your own efforts for success. Okay, and of I course. have heard well-informed Bible students say that the first known application of the mastermind was that which existed between the Nazarene and his twelve disciples. Of one fact I am absolutely sure. When you form a true mastermind alliance with others and uh, work with them in a spirit of perfect harmony, You can draw freely upon the spiritual forces within you in uh, carrying out your plans and desires. I also know that the master mind principle can give you absolute protection against failure provided always that your purpose is in using this principle is beneficial to all whom you influence. In my research while organizing the science of success, I had the collaboration of practically every outstanding successful man this country has produced during the past 50 years. And I can tell you definitely that their success was due in the main to their knowledge and application of the mastermind principle.
1: Yeah. This redneck piece of shit. Okay, hold. Wait. <laughs> this redneck piece of shit. Okay. Does that make any so, sense to you? So, this mastermind principle it, number one. It reminds me of the movie Mastermind. <laughs> Same or drink. It reminds me of the movie Mastermind, which is a great movie. <laughs> but
2: this dude is full of shit,
1: right? <laughs> What do you think, Charlie?
0: You Unmute. What do you think?
2: I mean, I never thought about taking other people's money to make my own dreams come true. (laughs) (laughs) And now that that's That's the whole
1: reason we have a Patreon. It never, it
2: never, it never (laughs) dawned on me that I should just go take other people's money, do what I want with it. And then, you know, like just become, you know happy or, that way or, or talk Fuck, to ex-
0: it, or talk to experts in the field to learn things that you might not have learned this, on this your own. dude
2: didn't fucking
1: talk to carnegie
0: no. or fucking william taft but
1: he didn't talk to anyone
0: but that's the whole thing like the so the entire marketing campaign behind this book is that he had interviews with everybody so he's like i am merely the messenger right I didn't actually write. I wrote this, but I didn't think of any of it. This came from Andrew Carnegie. This came from Henry Ford. This came from, you know, um, Thomas Edison. This was like, that was the whole marketing. behind. So he's using all of those names as like a scapegoat. Right. And I think it's really interesting that he didn't claim that he ever talked to Andrew Carnegie until after Andrew Carnegie died, (laughs) which I think is very big. So that way he couldn't refute him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he's like, it's not me. It's these brilliant businessmen, and I'm just putting their words and their methods to paper. In a way, this. that is genius, right? Because they're not alive to refute it. Well, some of them were, but they just never did because they were like, oh, this is this fucking con man. It's not worth my time to go after him. Like, it wasn't like a, a big pre- they probably should have, but they didn't. And, and, and he just he got away with it because he was such a small time little shithead that blew up after the fact. They were like, well, why worry about this guy now saying that Andrew Carnegie did not get wealthy off of following 17 success principles or whatever the fuck this guy talks about. That's not how he got. That's not how he got rich. He got rich because of insider trading. That's it. That's, that's the whole reason, right? He uh, first got a job when he was 13 years old. He uh, no, I'm sorry. He immigrated to the United States when he was 13 years old. He worked at a bunch of textiles mills. He eventually got a job as a telegraph messenger and he was freakishly good at decoding messages by ear alone, right? So, this was like telegraphs, it was like dots and, and dashes. It was, and he could like translate that in his head, which is that's a skill. I get, I give him that. But he, he, that would earn him a promotion, which would lead him to the opportunity to work for the Pennsylvania Railroad, where he would land as the private secretary to Colonel Thomas Scott, the divisional superintendent of the railroad. Railroads were a big deal back then because they brought the heart of the industry, uh, heart of industry to America the art of transporting goods and people across the United States was a big business. And in 1853, that business was booming. It wouldn't be long before Andrew's relationship with the Colonel Scott began to pay off big time. Scott had given Andrew Carnegie some investing advice, right? Your rich boss says, Hey, do this and this and this, you'll make a bunch of money giving the boy an opportunity to put some money into some insider training deals that would primarily benefit those who invested in such a scheme. Now this might seem incredibly illegal and unethical, but it was a common practice at the time as quid pro quo arrangements and sweetheart deals became between, sorry, Charlie, this is a mess between railroads were commonplace. Insider trading wasn't particularly illegal until 1934. And while it might be easy to look back on Andrew's actions as being immoral, it was just part of the culture at the time. Yeah, bro. We just do insider trading. It is immoral. I'm (laughs) sorry. I don't give a shit when you're like at the time it was fine. Yeah. It was still immoral. Railroads were bringing in big money and many people at the top were making a lot of fucking money. Um, Andrew's fortune began to slowly build as he made investment after investment under the direction of his good friend, Thomas Scott. As Colonel Thomas climbed higher up the ladder of success, he would bring Andrew along with him as a loyal friend and assistant. Here's the twist. In 1861, the Civil War was underway and Colonel Thomas Scott would actually end up becoming the assistant secretary of war, whose job was to handle transportation and telegraph systems for the military. Scott would end up conferring the job of handling the union's railway ways to Andrew Carnegie, where he would use his management skills to assist the union in securing victory against the South. So much like, I don't know, Microsoft and numerous <laughs> other companies that got rich off of the government, Andrew Carnegie made a fortune off the government. Right. right. Like the Internet is was created by the government. And all of these other companies grifted on that and made a shitload of money. If you get a government contract, you make a lot of money. Boeing, you know, like all of these fucking weapons manufacturers, their entire business is selling to the government. So Andrew got handed one of those and that's how he made his money. It wasn't 17 fucking steps of success that got this guy his money. That's a bunch of bullshit. It's a myth. It sounds good especially when the guy's dead and he can't refute it. <laughs> that's the whole story. Uh, and, and, and that's how he marketed But it was brilliant marketing because most people didn't know that. They didn't realize that. There was no Wikipedia. They couldn't look it up. It was like, hey, Andrew Carnegie's the richest man in the world. And this dude is saying that this is what he did to become rich. Let's listen to him. Let's believe him. This is obviously true. It's not like a whole bunch of bullshit. It is a whole bunch of bullshit. It's a, it's a, it's a complete bunch of bullshit. Uh, so his wife, Rosalie and him, he has, their life us was again, rich and famous. We're buying a bunch of expensive shit. We're doing all this stuff. Uh, but they started to kind of run into steam, right? Book sales slowed a little bit. And so they had to start, they had to devise ways to kind of keep in the mainstream, right? To keep in the newspapers. They were like, Hey, we need a PR campaign. Let's keep our names out there so people will keep buying our books. And they decided that they were going to adopt 15 babies and raise them to be successful. Hold
1: the fuck on! (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. The adoption fucking, like, the process for adoption in the United States was that week in the early 1900s they could just adopt. 15 babies. So I'll I'll say they didn't actually do it, but
0: they talked about it. (laughs) Thank fucking God. Yeah, so their whole whole goal was to adopt 15 babies and raise them to be successful, upstanding people. Right? This was because they were like, hey, if we have 15 babies, we can raise them on our book, Think and Grow Rich, and they will all be successful. And then we will be proven right and we can sell more books. Jesus Christ, However, dude, that's fucking evil. Yeah. That is so <laughs> evil. And it's just to keep your name in the media. So their, their whole strategy, and this is from that Gizmodo argument, or Gizmodo argument. Holy shit. This is from that Gizmodo article. It says, the Hills said they only wanted to adopt children between the ages of five and nine, and the kids should have no mental or physical disabilities problematic the children were also not to have parents and yet not to be confined to an orphanage or other public institution so i'm not exactly sure where they thought they would get these children from they were like miraculous non-parental birth kids that weren't in an orphanage so it obviously didn't work out uh but around the same time rosalie his wife would publish her own book with uh, Napoleon Hill's help. It was called How to Attract Men
1: and Money. Mm. <laughs> I really thought Napoleon Hill should have been uh, helped what she was going on with Oh, yeah. He really should have because
0: it's, <laughs> it's about to pay off in a big way. Uh, two years after the publication of Thinking Grow Rich uh, and three years after they were married, Rosalie filed for divorce. She- oh,
1: there it is. <laughs>
0: She took everything, including the, the publishing rights the think Girl grow rich and ran off with her divorce attorney.
1: You know what?
0: Good for her. I am. Rosalie, I love in this story. She is the one she is like, she helped him write it and then she took it away from him and she was like, bye, you weird. Round boss. of applause.
1: Yeah. Round, Round of applause. A-
0: Go Rosalie. Um. So he, you know, Hill kept chugging along, published another eight books and countless magazines. His but order no- of the Phoenix-looking
1: ass motherfucker,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but none of them would have the impact that thinker Grow Rich did. Uh, he would go on to establish, and this is really important, the Napoleon Hill Foundation in 1963, and it's through this foundation that so much of the reparation of his reputation has taken place. The foundation is allegedly because no one's ever seen this in possession of an unpublished autobiography oh we're at it
1: let's sprinkle this whole podcast full of allegedly
0: yeah well no i don't care (laughs) i don't give a shit uh we'll do we'll do that again uh the foundation is allegedly in possession of an unpublished autobiography by hill written by hill and from that released I'm sorry. And from those writings, they released his official biography, which is called A Lifetime of Riches. And it's really shitty, this book. (laughs) (laughs) It's written by two people that work at the Napoleon Hill Foundation. It glosses over a ton of his history. JV. Jamie. JB, we're talking to you, bud. Yeah, but it wasn't read by (laughs) JB. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and and like everything is like out of control. All of his business failures were due to like terrible timing and circumstances, and it never has anything to do with (laughs) Napoleon Hill and his terrible business acumen. So that's out there and I yeah I read it some of it I didn't finish it I didn't get all the way through I skimmed some stuff I'm not gonna lie
1: listen Austin has read some shitty books through his podcast I really have this if is he some- hasn't gotten through <laughs> your book that means it's really bad yeah uh so
0: it, it like if you google Napoleon Hill a lot of it is like really positive boasty stuff and that's because of the foundation like they have run this PR campaign to try and like Elevate Napoleon Hill from this terrible businessman who had nothing but failures and grifts and wrote incomprehensible books that some fucking finance bros think are the Bible into this, like. You know, behemoth in the world, and it's all bullshit, and none of it's real. And you shouldn't listen to anything. And if anybody ever tells you to talk to li- like read some Napoleon Hill, you should just break their nose with your fist and move on. No, don't actually do that. Listen, ble- Austin ble- said it. Out.
1: If anybody says you should like listen to Napoleon Hill, bleep you should fight them on site, fight them, and break their nose with your fists. Listen, yeah. headbutt them. Austin said it. <laughs> no, I
0: didn't. I didn't. That was all Dalton. <laughs> Dalton. At Charlie, will fix this in post. <laughs> so now I want to close this out with J.B. Hill because J.B. I don't like Napoleon. Fuck Napoleon. I think he's a terrible person. He had five wives, so clearly he was a wonderful human being who got along with the opposite. All sex. right, hold
1: on. <laughs> Listen, five wives. I. How many of you had? I had. I had one you Hold have on. one not have had one. you have one i'm trying to think of the word i just edit that out never mind <laughs> never mind never mind keep it i in. can't think of words i'm a dumb southerner i can't think of words <laughs> edit that out.
0: this is a drunk podcast about an asshole uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> so i want to leave you from jb hill because he might be my favorite character this entire thing and i'm gonna i'm gonna do this right now jb hill reach out i want to debate you I want to go one-on-one with the grandson of Napoleon Hill. If you're listening to this, or if you catch Win or one of your fucking devotees, your brain dead pinhead devotees, get rid of this. And I'm talking to you. You know who you are and let's go dr jb hill i'll do it i'm an art school dropout you're a doctor what do you have to fear i will fucking destroy you i will crush your bones and i will snort them up each of my nostrils until i grind my teeth into the same dust of your grandfather's bones i will do it let's go let's fucking go i can't wait bring it on
1: (sighs) and that will be available on patreon.com don't slash if on you
0: my- I I will put it on youtube as i cause a breakage in that old ass man's brain i will no I will- <laughs> We we would definitely put this, definitely no. put this no. behind the paywall no i'll, I'll- <laughs> Him so much, <laughs> I'll f- him up so much that he will be struck down with dementia in the middle of our debate. Bring it on, let's go.
1: Holy fuck! Okay, well, I think I can say at this part that we have friends. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. I got to read what he wrote. I got to read what he wrote. I just okay. I'm issuing that challenge, and now I'm gonna read what he wrote because I want this to be on the record because this guy is an idiot. Anyway, uh, he, one of the comments to a very critical article about his grandfather, he said, as Knapp's grandson, I have seen lots of tribe written about Napoleon Hill by people who not, know nothing about him. One of my favorites is that he died poor, in parentheses, not so. I have his will and his papers. It amuses me to see this garbage. Now, normally, I do not respond, as doing so just increases this blogger's site activity, which is what he wants. That's not true. He fucking responds to everything. Um, but this time, I feel compelled, as Novak did an actual newspaper search, giving himself the air of credibility. However, search was superficial. If Novak had bothered to dig deeper, He would have found that all charges against Napoleon Hill were dropped, newspaper retractions were printed, and that Napoleon Hill never went to trial for any of the offenses that Novak had so publicly convicted him of. Novak assumes that Knapp is guilty and then uses the presumption of guilt to label Knapp as a con man. And when Novak is unable to prove something, he uses his lack of proof to discredit He talks about a bad divorce, but doesn't bother to investigate that the plaintiff who fled her home and family out of the shame of giving birth to a child fathered by her sister's husband and passed off to Napoleon as his child. Apparently, Novak's real purpose for the blog is to attack the philosophy of success that has helped so many tens of thousands of people achieve the American dream. It is one thing to collect facts and quite another to then spend them for personal reasons. And finally... To assume that Knapp is connected to some cult because the cult read his book is unbelievable. Oh, Knapp owned the National Automotive College of Washington. Knapp's banker forced him out of the business and before starting the Automotive College of Washington, D.C. This is a grifter. He's terrible. The only reason this asshole was even famous at all and was any success at all is because of his wife at the time. And I'm convinced of this Rosalie Bieland, Rosalie Hill, whatever you want to call her. She is the actual reason that this asshole had any success and he sucks and he's a grifter. And I don't like him, but I don't like him not because of what he did, but because of all of the assholes that he inspired after him.
1: J.B. Hill, listen, if you listen to the podcast, number one, if I were the grandson of Napoleon Hill, I don't blame you. I don't blame you i would take up for my grandfather but if my grandfather was this con artist grifter son of a bitch i would not go to the lengths that you were going to take up for him
0: we i mean we've talked about my grandfather right well, I, I or at least i've talked to dalton about it my I, I grew up loving my grandfather found out after he died that he was a segregationist he voted for the segregation party. He was not ever, ever openly racist to us. And actually, if you know he ever caught us using a racial slur, we were in really big trouble. But he was segregationist. I'm not going to die on that mound, right? I, even though I have good memories of him, I'm not going to defend him, and that's okay. You, both of those things can be true at the same time. J.B. Hill, James, Doctor James B. Hill. Your grandfather was a con man. He was useless. He did contributed nothing to society. And that's okay. You can still love him and, and 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 think that he's a con man. And that's how you should think. And if you want to argue about it, come find me, bro.
1: We are could, open to arguments on no, Patreon.com.
0: I want to fucking debate. I want to get dirty, down and dirty. I won't play fair. I'm going to be honest, JB, because you're not fair either. And let's go, old man.
1: <laughs> and on that note, I think that we have friends. Yeah, you but can... you can also but you can also find me, JB
0: Hill at Austin Agogo. If you want to find me, bring it on. Let's fucking go. You
1: the can old find ass. Austin Agogo on Twitter and Austin Draws on Instagram. Yep. But on.
0: Let's go. Come in on. In the meantime,
1: man. you can find our friends at Pod Van Dam, IWTV Guide three stuff from better things add odds of wrestling X-over. hit my music pod and you can find us on social media at Griff Boy Adult. you can find Austin on Twitter at Austin Go-Go,
0: JB you fucking coward let's go
1: you can find Charlie on Twitter at
2: Charlie underscore butters and don't forget to check out our buddy JCP Designs who does all our great merchandise logos and our Dalt Tales logo and all kinds of that stuff
1: you got him right. <laughs> you can find us on Patreon at If You Catch My Grift. You can find our merch store at If You Catch My Grifts Austin, anything
0: leaving with JB Hill? Come on, you coward! Also, everyone else except for JB Hill, stay beautiful. Pickle teeth, and we love him for it. Even though I think that's disgusting, I want to throw up because pickles are nasty.
1: What the uh, fuck? What is wrong with you? What the? What, why? Why do you think pickles are nasty? Is it nasty. a specific? They... No, 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 they no not They taste like shit.
0: No, they're. What gross. are you talking about? No, they're they're like
1: so them. good.
0: Nope, not a pickle guy.
1: You ever had a pickle back? Mm, mm. dude, it's so good. It's that's my no, favorite. F-
0: fuck off. This might actually <laughs> break up the podcast. No way. Not a chance. Nope. That is nasty shit. Nobody should drink pickle juice, especially as a shot after another drink. No. Dude, it's, it's so
1: good. It's so good.
0: Yeah. yeah, oh, that's my fucking boy. Let's go. You know, if my if my Zoom crashes, I'm not coming back this time. <laughs> you right hiccups? Don't the hiccups. <laughs>
2: You fucking drunk son of a bitch. I
1: drank way too much for the podcast. Hold
0: on. Your wife's not home, it's fine.
1: (sighs) Okay. So Don't yak. JP Hill. Don't yak.
3: No, I won't.